The Way Up North podcast is supported by Wooden Banana. Wooden Banana has delivered personalized wooden packaging for photographers since 2014 and has since connected with thousands of photographers from around the world. Their handmade wooden products range from CD and print boxes through to custom USBs, all individually engraved with your branding, giving your client delivery the love it deserves no matter where you are in the world. Wooden Banana has partnered with Way Up North for three events in a row and is offering a 10% discount on all their products using the purchasing code 110. So give them a look at woodenbanana.com or follow their story on Instagram via the hashtag woodenbanana. My name is Cole Roberts, and you're listening to the Way Up North podcast. Our host is Swedish photographer Jenny Hamar, and in today's conversation, she'll be speaking with Calgary-based photographer Gabe McClintock. The hour-long conversation touches on a lot of different points, including fatherhood, a separation, heavy traveling, and finding a place for oneself. The underlining theme that I picked up from listening to Gabe uh, was his clear focus, have a positive personal life, and that translates into a positive professional life. So here we go. Let's get to know Gabe McClintock from his home in Calgary, Alberta, recorded in August 2016. I can tell everyone there. I, you know, I have friends that don't have kids. They're like, I'm so busy and I'm so tired. I'm like, you haven't. There goes one. Yeah. <laughs> there goes the other. Um, I'm like, you don't even know. Like, you have no idea. Like, you have no idea. I know my sister, she'll be like, it's been like so many days since I've just had like a day for myself to just be like, to sit on the couch and, you know, watch trashy TV. I'm like, don't shut up. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yeah, I got it. It's, uh, yeah. So, you know, all right. Kids are are another level. So we're here now. This is awesome. And what I'm going to do is just, um, I don't know if you've listened to any of the other podcasts but no i haven't had a chance yet I, that's um, good that's good um yeah. that's good no but it's good so that way you're just yeah. going into a kind of old i'm just going to record our voices so okay. no video or anything and then um okay. <laughs> yeah i know obviously thank god uh which i accidentally <laughs> did in the beginning which i'm sure Jakob and cole were like and yeah that's annoying um but um and basically we'll just like have a conversation like not you know and i i just want to like get to know you not necessarily like only talk about photography or you as the photographer or you know all that stuff but just you as a person and stuff so so yeah and then we'll chat for about an hour okay so your gorgeous girls are walking behind you there they're so sweet so how old are how old are they and what are their names? Eight and six. Uh, my oldest name, her name's Asia. Um, and my youngest is Ella. Okay. Oh. Eight and six. So no. we both have six-year-olds at home. Yeah. <laughs> six going sixteen. So six going on sixteen. Yeah. It's funny, they know everything at that age, right? They just have all the answers. It's funny, I remember like growing up as a kid, my dad, even like I remember for years, I don't know what age it was, the span, but my dad was like, you think you know everything? And I was like, I do know everything. (laughs) But now it's like when you get older, you look back and you're like, you know nothing. Like you absolutely know nothing. And it's, I don't know, but I think they're growing up way faster now. Um, Yeah, yeah. Like the stuff that they're exposed to, I think, just on an everyday is like information wise, technology wise, everything. Like it's just, it's incredible. It's insane. Do you worry about it or do you feel like it's a good thing? Uh, both, I think. Um, I really try to limit their exposure to stuff. Um, they, I'm a big believer in the get outside and play with them. Um, like the trampoline and, you know, get dirty and collect bugs and that. Uh, they have iPods, which they use for music and on trips if we're flying somewhere or long drives. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think the exposure, I think it's good. I think 
information-wise, it's incredible what they know. But I think the I think what they're exposed to in this uh, I think like the over-sexualization of stuff on TV is yeah. the same, um, especially with two little girls. It's okay. I really have become quite aware of it. Um, so that part I feel is that makes me nervous. And you're talking not about like children's shows now, obviously, or what do you like? Children's shows in general, um, advertisements, um, billboards, like you walk through the mall. Um, yeah. You know, it's just, I think everything like it's, I just, there's the, I think I just become way more aware of it now that I have two girls. I think, you know, I have friends who have boys and they don't really see it. They don't really care. They don't really pay attention to it because I don't feel it's not really geared toward a lot of stuff's not geared towards them. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I feel like there's so much stuff out there. Um, you know, so that part worries me for sure. So you're not you're probably not really there yet, but it's coming soon, like all that where that's gonna be kind of what they're talking about at school and they're gonna start, you know. One oh, yeah. dress, maybe you know, it could go either way, but you know, I can yeah, imagine that. Yeah, it's hard. It's I think it's just I become more, more father like. Not going out of the house until you're you know twenty five, and you know, like you're not dating, and you know, but um, yeah, you know what? I think they're good kids. I think if you know, for me, it's you know, to just teach them, I guess, self esteem, uh, confidence. And the difference between right and wrong, and I think really they'll figure it out. Like it's, you know, I know they'll figure it out, and I think we're. All, I'm always here. And my wife's always there for them. So yeah, it'll be good. And we'll see what happens. Interview me in like ten years, and it could be a totally different story. <laughs> you're like I lost all control. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> would you say you're you're you have like a strict parenting style? <laughs> um. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's, I don't know, strict, like, I think it's strict and I think of, like, growing up where it's, like, my mom would spank me if I got out of control or stuff like that. Like, it's not like that, um, but I feel like I don't really, I don't let them get away with much, I don't think. Yeah. So, yeah. They know that your word is law. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, yeah. No, I get that. No, I just know that, like there's a lot of differences across cultures too of yeah. kind of parenting and even the whole like spanking issue and yes. all that kind of stuff is so different from, I mean like here in Sweden, that's even illegal. You're not, you're not allowed to spank your kids. And I've had some discussions with people who are like, Whoa, that's wrong to make that illegal. That should be yeah. my right and stuff. So there's, that's uh, no, all over the map. That's yeah. I, I agree. I think when, when government puts their hand in your personal business, I think that's where that's where it becomes, there's a blurred line. I think, um, I know traveling, even I was in Amsterdam last December and what kids are exposed to there and what they're exposed to here is totally different. Like the stuff they talk about and what's, you know, what, what the, what life is there as a kid growing up is so bizarre. Like not bizarre, but just different. Just a just different, different, yeah. it's a different yeah. world. But the, the family I was staying with, she had three kids and the kids were like incredible. Like, but their exposure to stuff was just like, whoa, like yeah. what they, you know, what they talked about and what they've seen and, you know, the freedoms they have, I guess, riding their bike to school, you know, miles and miles one way, like, here it's like you don't let your kid go off the front lawn yeah, like it's yeah. you know but there it's like well as soon as they can ride a bike at eight they're riding like three miles to school you yeah, know that does happen I, and and here i think you would almost be the kid would be taken away if that were to happen like yeah. if the police caught that it would be like well you're child neglect and so i think it's i that's part of why i love to travel because i get to see these different cultures and i think it's really this amazing way to you know, you see how other people live. Yeah. And it's okay. It's, you know, it's not exactly how you do it, but I think it's a good way to kind of mix everything. And, yeah. um, you know, that exposure, I think, is a good thing. And that's good. Do you think you'll, do you think you'll, you know, expose your daughters to the travel lifestyle? 
somehow? Yeah, we I have. Um, I think last year, like they've they've probably been on an airplane fifteen times, twenty times. Okay. Um, they have passports. Like they're like they've they obviously don't go on all the trips or all the travel that I do, but. I really want them to be, to have that ingrained in them. Um, I didn't travel growing up. We couldn't afford it. Like the biggest trip to camp was camping, like to the mountains. Like that was our trip. Um, one of the first trips we went on an airplane, my parents took me to Las Vegas and I wasn't even 18, so I couldn't even do anything. Um, <laughs> so it was, uh, but yeah, I want my girls to have that love of travel. Like I want them to, I don't know. I think it's an amazing thing. It's, I took the girls to New York last year and to be able to stand at say, you know, the base of the Statue of Liberty or at ground zero and to learn, you know, to see that in person um, and then to learn about it in years in school, I think is a huge, it's a good mix as opposed to just reading in a book and it happened somewhere else. Right. And you can, you have a story attached to it and maybe memories. I mean, they're now starting to have memories that they're going to have forever. Exactly. And those trips would be like trips you take with just them, not not like combined um, wedding trips. Yeah, no, they're combined. So okay. if I'm, uh, yeah, so if I'm doing, you know, if I'm working somewhere, it's, you know, usually it will be add a few days or go, you know, like a week before and do the family stuff and then end it with work or do work and then, you know, do a few days after with the family. So it's always... It's always combined. Okay. Uh, most of it's 99% of the time is combined. And what about the other times when you're away? Um, do you find that difficult? Having that travel? I mean, because I'm assuming that you travel most weekends, but maybe maybe I'm wrong. Or how much? I, think it's, um, I would say probably about 75 to 80% of my weddings are out of Calgary or out of, you know, mm-hmm. destination, I guess, um, away. Um, but most of my travels in and out. I don't travel for when I go just by myself. It's usually pretty quick. Like, for example, if I go to Iceland for a wedding, I spend one night there and I fly home. So it's literally I fly in, I land in the morning up, I shoot the wedding, stay the night, fly home the next day. So it's really just like me going away to the mountains for two nights for work. Um, I just yeah. happen to go plane. So it's really, I don't, I try not to extend my trips yeah. super long. Uh, yeah, just because it's, you know, if there's trips that I have to do, like Australia or Singapore or overseas or something like that, where the time difference is a huge difference, I usually try to get, you know, add a few days just so I can get turned around. But usually my trips are pretty quick in and out. Okay. So it hasn't been, like, problematic for you family-wise? Um. <laughs> okay, obviously, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah sorry. Your face is like, oh. <laughs> Um, yeah, so yeah, this is where this, this podcast is going to get super personal. Um, so my wife and I had split up, um, uh, this year, uh, part of it, I think was just a lot of, had, I would say a lot of it had to do with travel. I think it was, um, I kind of felt like I grew in a different direction who I was personally and, it was, we just kind of grew apart. So I would say it had, the travel part has definitely had some effect for okay. sure. Um, um, but I think it outweighs the negative. It's definitely more of a positive for me, for my girls, I think for my ex. Um, yeah. So it's, so yeah, it's definitely affected my personal life, but I think in a good way. Okay. So you're doing, overall, I think it's a good thing. You're doing okay. Yeah, everything's, you know what, the kids are fine. It was, you know, initial shock, I think, like anything. Um, but yeah, I think overall it's been, it's been good. It's just been, a, it's been an adjustment. That's all. But wow. it's a good. So that's time. a huge change that just happened this yeah. year. Oh. <laughs> yeah, this has been one of those years. I think 2016 will be the year where it's just like, it's funny, I was asked at a conference uh, earlier this year about my travel and all this stuff and family and, it was 2016 has kind of been the year that I've dreamt about since I started shooting weddings like 12 years ago. Um, I've always wanted to travel. I've always wanted to teach. I've wanted to shoot destinations in these beautiful countries. Um, and there was that fine line where I didn't want to, I wanted to keep doing it and take on all this stuff and all these 
opportunities, but it was in the back of my head. It was at what expense was it? Because I didn't want to resent my family in 10 years for not doing it. Um, right. So yeah, it's been a crazy year for sure. It's been this year of a lot of growth personally, a lot of change personally, um, a lot of growth professionally. Um, I would say a lot of change professionally as well. So it's, yeah, it'll definitely be a year that I feel was. You will remember this year. in my Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think every, everyone in my family is going to remember this year. I think for sure. Like it's, it's been, it's been a crazy year. So what kind of changes do you think you've made? You said you've made some changes in your personal life and. Yeah. Um, I think. It was obviously the obvious, like the separation from my wife. Um, I think it was that for me, it was a big one, obviously. Uh, it was a lot to do with happiness, I think. Um, I felt it was affecting everything in my life. It was the way I parented. As a parent, I think we all know if you and your partner are having issues, if Definitely, it's hard to make that switch in your head and go right into happy parent if you're, like, angry partner. Right. Uh, and that was where it was happening a lot. So, anyway, it was – that, for me, was a huge thing. That was probably – that was one of the – that was a major issue for me. So, it was just, I guess, happiness. It was happiness for my girls, um, happiness for my ex, happiness for me. Um, and that translated into, for me, better images. It was – I would go to work and not be stressed, not be angry, not be, you know – worrying i guess or unhappy so yeah. wow that sounds um liberating <laughs> well i was gonna say liberating i'm sorry i was looking for the english word like liberating though in a way if you it sounds like you identified like this is a really difficult change i need to make in order to have a better life and it's gonna be a shit storm but yeah yeah it was that's exactly what it was. It was, uh, you know, my wife and I were together for 16 years. Like I was 22 years old when we started dating. Um, I'm 38. Like it was, uh, that was my life, you know, but I think it was, yeah, I felt like a weight was lifted, you know, as crappy as the circumstances were around that. Um, obviously there's a lot of sadness. There was anger. There was, you know, it's hard. There was a moment. It was hard on the kids to start, but I think, it was something that needed to happen. Yeah. It was, you know, liberating. It was happy. For me, it was the happiness for myself and the happiness for my kids, you know, and how I interacted with them and who they were to me in terms of, I didn't want them to be this, the stress. I wanted to be this happiness. Right. Because uh, I, I wasn't, you know, so yeah, that was, yeah, so it's, it's good. It's, it's, you know, it's good. It's been crazy, but good. Crazy, but that sounds good. Well, I'm not. I'm not gonna pry anymore. But just to say that I know that, like, you can see immediately in your children, like how if you're in a good or bad place. If you are calm, relaxed, happy, they are too. If you're stressed, annoyed, frustrated, they are too. And then it becomes a vicious cycle. So I guess it's the biggest, one of the best reasons to you know, propel yeah. yourself to make a change when you see that. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. it. That's yeah. exactly it. So professionally, you've made some changes. Are you referring then to just kind of you feeling different and taking different kinds of images? Um, or have you, like, consciously made some changes in what you want to do? Um, I would say the images. I would say, actually, it's not even maybe the images. It was how I feel while I'm taking them. Um, I felt like a, there was a lot of, like a lot, of, I think as photographers, our personal life greatly impacts our professional life, like hugely, like yeah. a lot of us, our company names are our names. Um, our work is, I think eventually a pretty direct indication or a reflection of who we are as people, um, and what we are and what we love and don't love. And, um, I think it takes time to get to that point. I think a lot of us, like myself, started off copying a lot of stuff and trying to find your voice and trying to find your direction and what it is. But once you find that, it's pretty much who you are. Um, and my personal life was 
just affecting it. I wasn't really enjoying what I was doing because I was so stressed out about being away. Um, you know, the, the attention that I would be coming back to after I was away, like it was just, I could never enjoy it because I was like worried. I was or in my head or whatever Feeling it was. Guilty was or whatever. That's guilt. That's exactly the word. Um, so I feel like when that changed, it was, I enjoy it. Like it's, I mean, it's not to say like, I don't want people to think that I never enjoyed it for two years or three years since I really started traveling. Like I love to travel but I feel it's just a different mindset now. There's something in me that is more freeing. Um, so yeah, it's, you know, there's that, um, I think the teaching opportunities, I feel like I've been doing this for some time now. Um, I think I shot my first wedding 13 years ago. So I've been seeing the whole gamut of trends and everything in this industry. And I feel now teaching is a, Something I love to do, it stresses me out, like, hugely. Like, when I get on stage at Way Up North, my heart, I swear, is going to be, you know, you'll be able to hear it in the mic. Um, <laughs> but I think it's it's a challenge for me, and it's something I've kind of started doing over the last few years because it's, I love the challenge, so. That's nice. And also, it's like working out. It's like super, you don't want to do it, maybe, but then when you're done, you're like, I'm so glad I did that. It's exactly, you grow, yeah. you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like every time I'm like, why am I doing this? Oh, man. And I finish and it's like, huh. And then I usually sleep for like 16 hours and yeah, and I feel great. So, yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. wake up, repeat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I noticed, I mean, looking at your, your photos, at first I, I thought it would be fun to kind of like um, Google your name because it's always fun to see what kind of pops up after the name. Have you done this? No, I haven't done. <laughs> um, which, yeah. By the way, I used to not do that because my my um, maiden name that was there was like a porn star with the same name, so that was a complete. That was not fun. But in your case, when you when you, when I type your name in. Um, there's like the following words come up behind it, which I think is interesting. Um, editing, and in this order, I believe. Editing, boudoir, gear, shot kit, which is maybe some blog or yep. something that you wrote on. Um, and then look. <laughs> Not sure what that means. I don't know what look means. <laughs> it's like, how do I get Oops. the Gabe McClintock look? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's it, yeah. <laughs> but um, um, tell me about the, the boudoir. Obviously, editing, oh, my God. I w would love to know all your secrets, and I'm sure everyone asks you. But but um, let's start with the boudoir. Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> where do you want to start? <laughs> where do we begin? How um, did you get into that? I mean, it's isn't it pretty unusual for the um, male photographers to do a lot of boudoir? Or maybe just you don't see yeah, a lot of it. I think it is. I think it's not. Um, what are you doing? <laughs> Sorry. Cute girl running by in the background yeah. and back. <laughs> yeah. The listeners without video. That's what that was. Um, so boudoir. How did I get into it? Yeah, it is not. I would say it's not a normal thing for guys to shoot it. Um, when I started shooting it, it was. It was like a change. It was something different. It was something completely opposite than weddings and couple work. Um, it was slow pace. I didn't have any timelines. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it was just, it was like a creative outlet, I guess. The flip, there was another side to that is I really, a few years ago when I started shooting it, I had a hard time with the way boudoir was being portrayed in the industry. Um, my personal opinion on it is I don't see the term. Um, oh, what is the term? I'm totally at a loss for the word now. Um, anyway, I didn't understand how getting dressed up and not looking like yourself was liberating to a female. Um, right. It was yeah. like this empowerment. That's the word. This is a female empowerment. I oh, couldn't I see figure out how wearing clothes you never wore, looking like you never look, 
doing your hair like you're never going to do it again, having skin like a Barbie doll at Photoshop. I was like, how is that empowering? How is that? I was not looking like yourself. Good. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I want to shoot these totally different. I want to shoot these when I started. I want to shoot them on film. Um, I want to shoot them in the bedroom and I want to shoot them in their own clothes and I'm not going to offer any hair and makeup. So they're going to have to do their own makeup because I want them to look like how they look on a Tuesday or how they look on a Friday night going out with their boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or whoever they go out with. Um, so that was kind of the reasoning behind it when I started. Um, then it became this... I, I stopped shooting it on film. I started shooting it on Leica cameras. And it was this challenge to me because I was shooting them in clients' homes. Um, so I had no idea what I was walking into. Yeah. I couldn't scout out a, a location. Like I couldn't say, hey, can you let me in your bedroom on Tuesday? So before I shoot. Um, so I had no idea. I would only figure it out as soon as I got there. And sometimes the lighting was great. But more often than not, it was horrendous. It was really bad. Like basement suites, window, you know, three-foot windows, six feet up on the wall. Like there was no light. Um, so it forced me to like see light differently, which I feel definitely changed in my work, my wedding work, because my wedding work got quite a bit darker when I started to shoot more boudoir. Because I started to figure out how I started to see light differently. I started to look at the way light lines the face or the skin or the body or a shoulder or how I can control it. Um, so you were, but you, you continued to shoot in these, in the, these women's bedrooms. I mean, you didn't, or did you start using kind of more like light? I mean, you, you no, weren't using any like, always, it's always been in their bedroom and just um, daylight or available light. Yeah, available light. And I would, you know, there was times when if it wasn't a bedroom, it was in a hotel room where they were staying. Like, we were, if I was traveling, I would do that. Like, if I went out to Vegas, I would do a session. A lot of the people who hired me were other photographers, um, especially during WPPI. Like, if I went to WPPI, that's, I would usually shoot another photographer. Um, but yeah, it was just this challenge. I never brought reflectors or artificial lighting. It was really, I just walk in and see what I have. Yeah. Shoot for an hour create it wasn't a ton of images it was never really about the money for me it was just about pushing myself creatively it was about this how can i create amazing beautiful images out of super limiting locations yeah which is a great kind of school yeah it's just, mean, it's a great challenge right yeah. it was you know i didn't charge a ton for them again it wasn't a business thing for me like my weddings were fine and i shoot enough weddings and do all that stuff so it was really just this creative outlet. It was just this way for me to push myself. I mean, those images are, I'm just going to say for those people listening to check them out because they're just stunning. Thank you. <laughs> Thank they you. really are. And I agree that they're more empowering because they're, they're real. You know, they're not, like you said, they're not wrapped in like a huge lace veil or, you know, like airbrushed or where you like take away celly light thighs or I mean like it was it was never so this flattering. this like let's bring in hair makeup stylist let's have 18 people in the room and do outfit changes and all that it's like really just just wear a tank top and shoot it in your bed like it's just a normal location it was nothing special um so I've actually stopped shooting them though. So I've actually taken Boudoir off my gallery and I'm not, I don't shoot them anymore. Um, okay, you don't. All right. Yeah, because I noticed it's not on your website. No. So it was on my website. I removed it probably about a month ago. It's an L inquiries I just, I don't take on anymore. I feel like it was, for me, it was this creative outlet and I feel like I've done what I needed to do with it. Yeah. I, I've shot the last couple I've shot. I was I still created great images for my clients. They were no different than the very first time I shot. Actually, they were probably you know a little more artistic and um, richer in color. But I I didn't feel inspired anymore. Okay. So it was, and, I, and then that's and that's the only reason why I was shooting it. It was never this. It was another nothing more than just that. And I felt I was like, well, if I don't feel it anymore, yeah, I don't need to shoot it. It's not, I'll just try something else now. I, you know, I don't know what the next thing's going to be for me. Yeah. Um, but my boudoir work was this great, you know, two years um, of creative learning 
and playing and playing with light and, you know, all this stuff. And, but now it's just like, I'm done. Do you do anything else? So when you're doing, obviously doing a lot of weddings and no more boudoir, do you do any like landscapes or do you photograph your children a lot? Yeah, my kids, like I take pictures, but I take pictures of my kids on my iPhone. Um, <laughs> like really, as soon as I bring on a camera, they act weird. Yeah. Like they, they don't, they don't stand still for me. I think they're so inundated with it when they were little, little, but they're just kind of done with it now. Whereas my phone, like it's just a normal thing for them, yeah. for me yeah. to have my phone. Um, landscape wise, no, I, I don't like it's if I'm traveling, let's for me, a lot of my work, like a lot of my destination work, I feel like I try to mix my landscapes with my clients. Right. Give them, you know, and that for me is, um, which I love. I love, like, I love shooting that stuff, but I don't ever go out hiking and just for the sake of shooting landscapes. No. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't really do like style shoots or setup shoots. Um, I don't know. Right now I'm just, it's really just work. Um, I feel like with everything that's happened this year, time isn't something I have a ton of. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. But boudoir was this amazing thing, but it just doesn't do anything for me anymore. It's, so we'll see what it's I a chapter. Know. It's a chapter of your life that exactly. is now. Yeah. Yeah. I did it. I like I said, yeah, it's exactly it. It was a chapter, two years, a two year long chapter or two and a half year long chapter. Yeah. And just like, okay, I did what I needed to do with it. And it's cool because I feel like I see so many more images now that are darker and less, um, less glamour, I guess, like more natural. I see a lot of images now from Boudoir that are in people's bedrooms and not in studios with big lights. So I think it's a neat, I think it's a good thing. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's just, you probably started a trend there and I, a good one. Cause I think it needed to kind of be pulled back a little bit. It was turning into <laughs> that's cause that's not really boudoir. If you're, that's more like beauty or, you know, yeah. I mean, we're talking what the others were doing. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, it, yeah, it was, it's a good thing. It's cool to see it. I still appreciate like amazing work like that when i see it like there's some absolutely mind-blowing boudoir photographers or portrait photographers out there yeah. um and yeah they still like i look at the stuff and i'm like holy man like it's still it's it's incredible but for me it was just yeah yeah Time to, let's do something else so you talked earlier about like kind of finding your voice and obviously you have a very strong voice i'm curious when because when i look at your images it's like I would love to know what you're thinking when you're actually walking in that environment. Like what's going through your head when you're with a couple and you're in like that sort of amazing space. Are you thinking rationally? Are you like, Oh my gosh, I need to do this. I need to do this. Like what's, what's it like to be in your head during those uh, shoots? What's it like to be in my head? Uh. <laughs> uh. Let me in, Gabe. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a busy point. Um, yeah, honestly, I don't. It's funny. I have an associate, and it's and I actually talk about it at workshops too. Like when I shoot, I really don't know what I'm thinking. I don't. I don't really go in. I'm a pretty calm person when I'm shooting, but in my head, I'm like, "Holy shit! I have no idea what I'm going to do." Um, That's a comfort. So, <laughs> Like every single time I'm constantly looking and I think it's, I think it's a good thing. I think it keeps me on my toes. It makes, it forces me to be open um, to like the environment and changing lights and all this stuff. Like I don't ever really go in with a plan. I don't scout locations because I don't want to know. I don't want to know what I'm going to do. I just want to get to these spots um, and say, Hey, let's go over here. And then I'm like, nope, let's go to this side or nope, let's walk over here or this doesn't work. Let's get in a car and go somewhere else. Like it's, so for me, it's really this, it's the unknown when I'm shooting that I feed off. Of. Okay. Um, that's interesting. I, it's funny because I need to have certain things at weddings. Like I need, it's funny. I just was emailing right before we started talking. I have a wedding coming up in Toronto 
this weekend and I needed like the itinerary. So I need to know where I start, what time I start, what time the first dance is, all this stuff. So I need that concrete thing. But when I'm shooting, I don't need to know anything. I just need to have the couple and a location and let's just go walk around and figure it out. Um, and you, so yeah. you not only don't need to know it, you don't want to know. You want to feel like anything can happen and that's part of the like energy. Uh, yeah, it's, I get asked, uh, not a lot, but I do get asked if I scout locations for my clients, like, hey, can we, you know, do we want to meet at the location a month prior and go around and look? And I'm like, no, like, I don't want to see it. I don't want to know what's there. I just want to get there on the day of and figure it out. Um, it doesn't work for all clients. I get asked in meetings, and I'm sure I don't get booked because of that sometimes. I think some clients are more what's the term, like A-type personality, like need to have everything like, you know, itemized. Um, But for me personally, I feel creatively it works better when I don't have blinders on if I haven't like pre-planned my day, pre-planned what I'm going to shoot. So, But it sounds like you're pretty in tune then with if you, if something's not working, you're quick to say like, let's, let's do something else. Yeah, I tell my clients I'm brutally honest. Like, it's I'm not going to just shoot for the sake of shooting. Yeah. If it doesn't look good, I'll be like, kid, no, let's just go. Like, if I put them in a position or I set them up or something and I'm looking at it and it just doesn't work, mm-hmm. uh, I'll do my best to make it work. Like, if it's if I just know if I, I, if I know I can make it work, then I'll work to get it to work. But if it's like... If it's not working, I'm not just going to sit there and shoot for the sake of shooting. I'm like, no, we got to go. Let's go somewhere else. Because <laughs> I bet a lot of people would be like, I'm while I'm taking about 100 photos of this, I'm thinking wildly, what can I do now? What should I do? Oh, my God, this is not working. I need to change something. But like, totally. there's that and, kind of... Yeah, and I think there's time, you know, there's definitely moments like I, I know I talk about in my workshop. I have like a pose that I do with a client that where I shoot from like quite far back. And it's my like... I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Those. It's my, like, I need to separate myself from them and just take a moment to myself, but still be shooting a, a portrait. Um, Cause yeah, there's more, more often than not during the day. I have no clue. Like I'm really, I know my, like Dana, my associate is, you know, she laughs because I literally walk around lost. Like, I'm just like, okay, let's go over here. Uh, nope. Let's go over here. Where am I looking? Like, like it's, it's really a mess. Um, but I feel like on the outside to my clients, yeah, I got it locked down. Like, I got it, like, figured out. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not... Well, and you always deliver, I'm sure. I mean... Yeah, that's, that's, I think, the trust. Um, my clients, I, I'm super lucky because my clients trust me. Like, it's, I have an amazing amount of trust from my clients um, to do things that I think a lot of couples wouldn't, um, you know, to get up on stuff or to climb things or to stand on the ledges of things, or if it's pouring rain to still go out in the pouring rain because it's the trust that I'm going to make something for them. So I can't be flaky and look out of control to them as I'm shooting because that is not going to foster trust from them. So when right. in my, like visually to them, I got it figured out in my head. I'm literally going 18 different directions and I'm not sure which one's going to work. So, yeah. Well, it's in a way comforting to know that there's <laughs> the great Gabe can even oh, have doubts. Great, yeah. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I would say the Gabe. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. I think it's, I think people put a lot of pressure on themselves. I think it's, you know, there's a, I think we're all human. I think it's, yeah. you know, I think if you just, I think if people just kind of take a step back, don't stress about it, just know that what you're looking for, or, you know, have faith or uh, belief in yourself that you're going to get an image. It may not be this click and it may not be in two minutes, but you're going to get it. Then, um, yeah, because I feel if you get super stressed out when you're shooting, you kind of, you, I think you get blinders. You get, yeah, like, you, you lose your momentum. Yeah, it just it messes up. And do you ever, when you take your, just everything is, the stars align and you, you get a shot, are you thinking to yourself, like, oh, my God, this is a, you know, June bug, yeah. 2006. I mean, or are you like, I just, this is, this is a winner. <laughs> I mean, do you feel it in your body when you get the, the like, wow, that's the shot? 
Yeah, I get pretty excited when I shoot. I'm super hard. And so the flip side of that is I'm super hard on myself. I get asked, you know, I get asked when I get home, um, you know, my wife, at, you know, at the time, uh, my girlfriend now, like she asks and it's like, how'd it go? And I'm like, no, it's it wasn't that good. Like it's, I think, I try not to call in camera either. I remember, I don't know who said it. I, I want to say it was the Christmas, but to never like, call in camera on on the job um what do you mean by that to like a lot of people will go through their camera and oh, like look call. at photos okay i see call. you mean like yeah. sort through yes or, or delete or whatever it is mm-hmm. right because you're like no that's not good because sometimes it's i often feel i need to sit with it for like a day or two or whatever and then look at it um but yeah there's definitely times when i get a shot and i'm excited about it like for me when you have like beautiful sky like super moody Nice light, dark background, hairs blowing, and the connection is great between the couple. And you shoot it, and you look at it, and you're like, "Holy crap!" I'll sometimes get it. I'm pretty vocal about my excitement at times, and I'll show my couple. I'll just show them the back of the screen and say, "Holy crap, guys, check this out!" Um, I think it shows. I think it's good for their clients to see that I'm excited. I just get chills when you said that because I can just imagine they must be like. I mean, oh my God. Yeah. And I think clients, because they don't know what's going on, right? They, I always say to my clients, they're looking at the session as like a video, right? They're living the moment. So everything's happening in real time. Yeah. In a photo, it's like one thousandth of a second. So it's like literally a split second of reality. And that reality in the image is more often than not the reality that's actually happening. Uh, so for me, when I show them, it shows them that I'm excited, which is good for everybody. Um, and it shows them that they're nailing it. Yeah. Like they're, they're, they're looking incredible and they're not as awkward visually as they feel they are. Right. right. So then they tend to relax because they know they're doing a good job. Cause I think every client stresses that they don't look good in the picture. Yeah, right? or they like, feel they, awkward, they, like yeah. having their picture taken, and oh, I, I what am well, I supposed to be doing? They're comparing themselves to all your like Instagram feed. They're comparing themselves to your website. They're comparing themselves to your Twitter feed or your Facebook business page. Like they're comparing themselves to like your like, you know, one one hundredth of a percent of image that, that you've taken. Like your best of the best of the best, right? Um, so yeah, to show them that they're just as good. Mm-hmm. Raise confidence in them, which yeah. lets yeah. them like chill out. They relax too. And this is maybe kind of a weird question, but do you ever once in a while get a couple that's like not at all what I mean that, <laughs> that you don't judge? I mean, obviously, do you know what I'm saying? Like, you must what? have a certain type of couple now that maybe looks a certain way, and you know. But do you ever get someone who you're just like, whoa, this is so weird? Yeah. <laughs> And their names? No. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know what, I don't think I, you know, I, I'll be, I say this in workshops and, you know, when I talk to people after conferences or whatever, I don't get perfect couples every single time. Yeah. Like, I think it's, you know what, there's, I Skype with every single one of my couples. Um, but sometimes things just happen. Like sitting in your, you know, when they're when I, when you Skype with a couple and they're sitting on their couch drinking a bottle, a glass of wine, a bottle of wine, a glass of wine, or like a tea at night, and everything's relaxed, it's totally fine, yeah. right? But the wedding day, there's doesn't matter who you are. There's a lot of anxiousness, and nervousness, and excitement, and energy, and then you bring in some stranger who's flown to the other another country. And you're like, okay, act natural while you stick a big Nikon D5 and a camera in their face. Things can sometimes go south quick. Um, <laughs> and like, what is that? What's that like? <laughs> that's when, yeah, that's when I do my, I don't know what I'm doing pose and walk away. Yeah. And um, you're like, oh God, regroup. Yeah. Regroup. Um, you know what? It's, I think every couple that I get that hires me, tends to they they all want to get to that position of say a connection or like an intimacy between them that they want captured it's just my job i think it is my job it's not i think it is my job to bring that out in them yeah sometimes it's harder sometimes it's like 
within five minutes, the couple's like bang on and it's just like, it's super easy. And I really just got to put them in positions mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. against backdrops. And I just shoot other times. It takes way more. I call it like sculpting, mm-hmm. right? Like more, you know, you need to hold her here. You need to put your head here, tilt your head this way, drop your head, chin down this way. you know what I mean? Like sometimes it just takes more than others. Um, but yeah, it's, I think every couple's great. Um, it just, it's the amount of work sometimes to get them into those things. Yeah. Some yeah. couples are super nervous or shy or, yeah. you know, I don't recently, like in the last few years, I don't really get couples who don't like to hold each other, but I have had clients in the past who really don't like touching each other. Yeah, I know. I shake my head too. So it's, <laughs> I'm, I'm um, giving the like, what the fuck? Oh, yeah. <laughs> WTF. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, um, yeah, it's, but I think now over the last few years, I actually, you know, in my client meetings, I ask my clients and even in my contact form, one of the lines is, what do you like about my work? Um, so it's a good indication of what it is, right? Like, what is it that they like? Um, you know, and my reply to my couples too in the initial email or initial inquiry is, you know, blah, 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 blah. I'd love to set up a time to Skype to make sure we're all a good fit for each other. So just going in, I they know like we need to jive. We need to be on the same page. Right. Because if we're not on the same page, it's super awkward. It's not just like I'm driving 20 minutes downtown Calgary shooting a normal wedding. It's like we're flying to sometimes the other side of the world. It has to fit. Like it's, there's not, you know, it needs to, it needs to work. It needs to work. And have you ever had a couple where you're like, oh God, this is never going to last. These two are a disaster. I mean, I've had that where you just see the way they treat each other and you're like, okay, I give this like six months. (laughs) I know it's horrible to say, but I mean. Yeah. I want to be able to put this on my Facebook page when it goes live. Okay, let's say this. In the okay. 13 years you've been shooting, like way back in the beginning, yeah. do you ever feel that? <laughs> way back in the beginning. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Way back in the beginning. Yeah. It hasn't happened for a good 10 years, I'm sure. But yeah, um, Tell me about Iceland and what that's meant <laughs> to you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Iceland. Um, okay. So Iceland, what it means. So I've always had this dream years ago to shoot in Iceland. Like it was... Um, the Secret Life of Walter Mitty came out and it was like this. I remember him longboarding in Iceland and I was like, holy, I actually bought a longboard after that because I was like, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. Um, But to me, Iceland was like this raw, not untapped because people were shooting there, but I just untapped maybe for me. Like it was a change. It was kind of like my back, like, the mountains, like I live up against, you know, I'm my Calgary is right up against the Rocky Mountains here in Canada. So it was kind of that, but it was like the waterfalls and the, you know, it was just, it was this beautiful area. Um, I had a couple, Josh and Sarah, they were going to get married on a ranch. I think it was down in Utah. Um, it was their uncle's ranch and she's a photographer and it was like this amazing wedding. They were going to leave on a hot air balloon and everything was like this. I was like, yeah, this is going to be incredible. Um, a few months before the wedding, I got the message from her on Facebook saying, Hey, can we chat? I think most photographers, when you get a message from a bride saying, Hey, can we chat? Like it's usually yeah, the wedding's called off. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was, they were planning to elope and I, or not elope to honeymoon in Iceland, um, after the wedding. And they said, Hey, we're thinking about not doing the wedding and just eloping in Iceland. Would you be up for that? Would you want to come to that? I was like, well, yeah like of course like I was like yeah that needs to happen so (laughs) we shot that wedding Um, a friend of mine came out Ewan from the last 40% or now Ewan failing Um, and the four of us just spent two days driving around Iceland Um, it was this amazing it was an amazing few days it was like my very first time there this amazing couple the first day when we shot their connection session um it was like everything just worked. It was like we literally the storm the storm chased us for like six and a half hours, seven hours, but it always stayed behind us and the sun always sh- shone, shone, shone. Um 
to light them from the front. It was like this perfect thing. So you could put them on like the top of these mountain peaks and it was like super moody black background with beautiful front warm sun. And it was just, it just worked. Yeah. And, you know, he had crazy red hair and she wore this beautiful blowy dress and her hair super, like it was just, you know, I, I kid, but I say like, I could have given my camera to my daughter and she probably could have taken the same. Like it was just, it was super easy. Well, Next. I that, but yeah, but I see what you're saying. For you, yeah. the stars were aligned yeah. that day. Yeah, the stars aligned for sure. Um, so that wedding, we shot it. I was super pumped about it because it was my first time in Iceland. A couple of Josh and Sarah were amazing. Um, Junebug Weddings uh, featured it, and then from there, it just kind of went out of control. It just it ended up. I got an email from somebody saying, "Hey, I saw your pictures on Reddit. Um, I had no idea what Reddit was." Um, I went on Reddit and then like the next day I got an email from Yahoo in the States. Um, and it was funny cause it went on Yahoo's front page. It was like Barack Obama, Justin Bieber, Gabe McClintock, like on their banner for like oh. 24 hours. Um, and, and it went on uk.com and .ca. So it was like 30 or 25 million people just on that site had access to it. Oh my God. And it just blew up. It just, it was, it went out of control. So that for me was kind of the start. I was shooting some destination weddings um, before that, but only like one or two a year. It wasn't really anything. It was something I've always dreamed about. I remember emailing some friends, uh, Davina and Daniel saying, how do you get into destination weddings? Like, how do you guys get into it? What is this? What's the secret? Like, how do I do it? Um, and that was one of the things that helped for sure. It, uh, so yeah, so then it was, after that, it just kind of snowballed. I haven't been, you know, I think it's funny. I get emails all the time from people um, asking about all these secret things about Iceland and where to go and all these secret things. And I've only been there, I think, six times. But, like, I, I've been there quite a bit, I think more than my friends. But compared to, like, Jakob and Cole or the Kitcheners or Levi, like, these people who have been there, like, 30, 40 times, it's just that one wedding. It seems like... Every time I go there, I get these amazing clouds and these storms that make for these beautiful images. Um, it's funny because earlier you mentioned moody sky and good light. And I was thinking to myself, have I ever really seen that? I mean, like moody sky, they don't go hand in hand for me. But I mean, maybe this has to do with where you live or just the, having not having that eye. I don't know. Yeah, it's for me, like it's... Um, I love like bad weather. Like I really love shooting a bad weather. Like I used to like cancel my sessions or try to postpone them if the weather was you know, so, so, or if it was kind of rainy or whatever. But to me now it's like, I find if the weather's bad, it allows your couples to connect better because they got to stay together to stay warm, which is kind of forces them to like hold each other. Um, and it creates mood. Like it creates tension in the background. So you get like this calmness in your couple while there's like chaos behind them. And yeah. for me, I love that, that contrast. Yeah. Uh, so for me, Iceland's this huge, this area that like, I just, so Junebug just did their top, like their contest thing. And one of the images that I entered was this couple that I shot there in April. And it was like crazy, crazy weather, like the wedding day. And, you know, but it's, it creates this, um, there's something about that chaos I love. It's almost no. like sexy in a way. It is. It's like, super. Yeah. yeah it's, 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 yeah, it's like sen not sensual, but just like, yeah, sexy is the term. Yeah, for sure. Like it, there's something about it. Yeah. There's like sure. a tension there. That's yeah. like interesting yeah. for sure. Yes. Yeah. I would agree. I mean, that's definitely, you know, definitely something to look for when you get that sort of, yeah, your pulse kind of increases or whatever i think it's like it, it forces you because you're everyone's kind of uncomfortable to me i thrive in uncomfort i thrive in the uncomfortable um i think that's why i speak because i'm super uncomfortable that's why i do workshops because it makes me uncomfortable it's partly why i travel because i get uncomfortable when i travel to a country by myself and i know no one um to me the uncomfort forces me that's why i shot boudoir in people's homes because yeah. it's uncomfortable like it forced me so to me that uncomfort comes in crappy weather that I'm not sure. It's not the best. It's not like you're, 
you know, I think everyone, like, not photographers, but, like, the Uncle Bobs are, like, they want, like, the blue sky and, like, the yeah. nice light, you know, the flower garden and blue sky. And it's, like, to me, that's boring. Like, I want, like, wind, rain, possibly, you know, all that stuff because it's uncomfortable and it forces me to work with it. So, yeah. Oh, that's a huge inspiration. I mean, definitely for me, at least, and I'm sure for so many people. Oh, look at who is. Okay. Is that, was that the six year old? Yeah. <laughs> hey, Elle, what are you doing? We have a six year old, like, what, like scooting in the background. Yeah. Or... <laughs> scooting behind me into the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. She's playing. <laughs> It's like middle of the day for you, right? So it's like yeah, it's two o'clock. Yeah, two so they start school like school. First day of school is uh, in two days. Oh. So I'm gonna start grade one, um, and then my oldest starts grade four. So, wow, that's big. Yeah. So it's yeah. Uh, grade it's one like, is like yeah, huge. It's, yeah, it's, this is it. This is the start of her. You know, she did. Um, what are you grabbing? Are those any? Okay, just test test them. Taking advantage of her dad being like (laughs) occupied somewhere else, is like (laughs) grabbing things in the kitchen. Yeah, Yeah, they're trying to sneak stuff because they know I can't do anything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, then you're not going to get mad when you're (laughs) being interviewed on Skype. Like, um, what was I going to say? So when after you've been traveling and doing these, you know, working tough weekends, what's What do you do to, like, what's Gabe, like, at home, just totally relaxing? What do you do to de-stress? <laughs> oh, what is that? Is um, it like, you know, sit in the sofa with a glass of wine? Is it watch... Um, I like movies. Fox I'm a big... I don't, I don't say I'm a big movie buff, but I do like staring at a screen and not thinking. Yeah. So, I, to me, I'm not, like... It doesn't need to be award-winning or, like, beautifully filmed or, you know, all this stuff. To me, it's just sitting down and just shutting off my head. Yeah. Uh, I feel my mind goes 100 miles an hour, 23 and a half hours a day. Um, So, to me, when I can just stare at, like, a bad Adam Sandler movie and just not think for an hour and a half, it's brilliant. I can relate to that. (laughs) I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, Yeah, but really, it's... I don't really have much, <laughs> I know it sounds bad and everyone's busy and, you know, but I don't have a lot of downtime. Like yeah. it's, if I'm not traveling, I find sometimes my, my downtime is sitting on an airplane. I don't do work when I travel. That's for me a big thing. Um, so I have friends who like call a wedding as they're sitting on an airplane and type up a bunch of emails. So when they get internet, they can send them all when they land. To me, my laptop doesn't come out on an airplane. So if I'm on an airplane for seven hours, I'm literally sleeping and watching movies. Like yeah. that's to me, that's my downtime. Um, that sounds wise to me. Yeah, it's it doesn't. You know what? It doesn't work for everyone. I use an editing company, so I don't have to edit on the road. Um, so yeah, so and I find calling, I can call a wedding pretty quick. Um, so for me, my downtime is sitting on a plane. That's probably what I love. I love sitting on planes. I hate sitting on planes, but I do love sitting on planes because I don't get internet. You know, if there's ability to buy Wi-Fi in a plane, I don't pay for it. Um, I like the disconnect. It's like, yeah. it's like first disconnect. I well, especially since having kids, I mean, sitting on an airplane is kind of like, uh, I'm like, no one can reach me. <laughs> it's like really relaxing. I put on my like noise canceling headphones and I just like, Relax. You just like chill. Just, yeah, just chill. So that's awesome. Well, I yeah. can imagine that you have now, especially with the girls, and yeah. it's not like there's a lot. Downtime is is different from now. Yeah, exactly. If I yeah, actually, yes, exactly. So, what does the what does the fall now um, season hold for you? Um, What's coming up lot, in your calendar? <laughs> so a lot of travel. So I leave. I hop on a plane in two days. I head to Toronto for a wedding. Um, okay. And then I'm back in Calgary. I shoot a wedding. And then I head to Vermont. Um, and then October, I do way up north. Yeah, I was going to uh, say Stockholm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is confirmed, right? 
it is, but yeah, so I'll be in Stockholm for way up north, and then I get back, and I think like a day later, I head to Vancouver for another another conference. Um, beginning of November, I head out to the mountains. I'm doing a work two workshops with Fair, uh, my Mexican brother from another mother, um, and then I think like five days after that, I head to the UK for a conference or a workshop, like a two day workshop. And then back to Toronto for a workshop, and then I head to LA in December um, wow. for a what? Travel. Yeah, so it's going to be a crazy next few months. Pretty much every, you know, say every week somewhere. Um, but it's good. That's good. I, you know, I I'm looking forward to it. I, it's I feel like the next few months is mostly teaching, um, which I'm super excited for. Um, I kind of started the year off with a bunch of teaching and then I'm ending the year with a bunch of teaching. So I'm excited for it. It'll be good. What would you say, and kind of to round things off, it'd be interesting to hear, since you do a lot of teaching now, what do you think is the biggest problem for most photographers in terms of what's getting in their way? Themselves. Um, I think the biggest thing I see is this need or this feeling that you need to show work to please other people. Um, I think of all the workshops, the the presentations I do at conferences, that's my biggest thing is the shooting for yourself and selfishly shooting for yourself. Um, I think if you're always chasing like a fad or something like a, an editing technique or whatever it is, yeah. you're really never really like settling into who you are. You're always looking for something else. Um, but I feel the sharing work that isn't what you really love. Like I've done portfolio reviews with people like at workshops or, you know, afterwards sitting for coffee at a conference or whatever and talking with people and going through their website and asking them, why did they like that picture? Why, what is it? And they're like, yeah, I don't really like it. And I'm always like, well, why is it on your website? And I think everyone has that stuff on their website mm-hmm. is an image they don't want to shoot again, but for some reason they feel like the bride wants to see it mm-hmm. or yeah. the wedding planner wants to see it or people on Instagram will like it, but really it does nothing for them. So for me, I feel that's this huge thing that holds a lot of people back from truly shooting what they love to shoot is they're not showing what they love to shoot. They're showing what they feel everyone else loves to see. Gabe, Um, that is so good. (laughs) Yeah, but it's it's really, I I honestly, over the years of doing this, uh, and even personally, like it's, I will talk about it that way up north and I'll show old work of what I was doing, chasing this, the popularity game, the thumbs up game, the likes game. Um, it's what everyone does. Everyone does it and either they're doing it now or they did it in the past. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's, It's something that I feel if you really want to like settle in and shoot who you are and be who you are as a photographer. Yeah. You just need to stop showing shit that you don't want to shoot again. Like yeah. you need to start showing stuff that you want to shoot again. Oh, stuff that that's so happens. true. That's so good. You hit the nail on the head. I mean, awesome. Yeah. Well, that so. that's an awesome <laughs> teaser too for way up North. Oh my God. Yeah. I want to hear more and I want to see, I love when people show, you know, kind of, um, <laughs> there's a term in Swedish for um, you know when you kind of like you're not afraid to kind of put yourself out there and make a little bit of fun of yourself or like look at what I was doing not to say that that's that it's gonna oh, no, funny, I'm going gonna, gonna to make fun of myself it's going to be uh, it, um, I got no you know what I really don't have much ego in this game um, I kind of feel like what I do is what everyone else does. We all have the same cameras. We all use the same editing technique. We all really have similar websites. You know, we're all kind of doing the same thing. So for me, it's just, I just tell people what it is that works for me. Um, I show work that currently that I want to keep shooting, but I also, when I do workshops, when I do conferences, I show work that I was shooting stuff that was like, cause sometimes I feel people who are up on like the people sitting out in the crowd or looking at the photographers on stage thinking that they were always good. Mm. 
but yeah. they were they picked up a camera like they picked up like Jonas picked up a well besides Jonas Peterson most of us sucked when we started yeah right what's so with that guy he's just yeah I don't know it's, uh, <laughs> yeah his work I'm looking at it, I'm like whatever Jonas it doesn't you know like, um, just shut up yeah <laughs> it's like screw you um, he's the exception he's the eighty twenty rule um, yeah. so but it's I think. Yeah, it's I the humility and you know showing work that makes you real to everyone else. I think is a good thing, yeah, especially when you're yeah. speaking. Oh, I think so, everybody will yeah. love that, and I mean, yeah. I will, and it's that's it's, that's all that matters. If you love when you get uh, human. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be there front row. Okay, perfect. Like this, yeah, yeah. Is like yes, it's going so well. <laughs> if you feel that that feeling of panic. That you've okay. talked about, like, why am I doing this? Yeah. Just look at me, and I'll I'll be doing this grin, like. <laughs> Perfect. That's what I'll cool. do. Yeah. All right. You better not. You better show up, because you. I'm gonna you. show up. Why do you? <laughs> <laughs> Just, you seem to forget forget about it. And you've had a hectic yeah. year. No, I'll. I'm. I'm super. I mean, hats off to you for just partly like reaching also your, like you said, your your goal of being yeah. where you want to be, finding your voice, making these changes in your life. I mean, yeah. taking good care of those sweet girls there. I mean, yeah. Yeah, cool. it's been a good year. It's been a good year. Good year. It's, good, it's been a, a year of change, but it's a good change. So. Well, good for you. Thank you. I'm happy for you. I, uh, I look forward to seeing you in person in a few, I guess, what, a couple months? Yeah. When is it? It's in November, right? It's, see? <laughs> oh, God. I'm, I'm, I, know right. I need to have a talk with Cole. <laughs> uh, I know. I still, I know they, I, I'm sure they hate me because they've sent me like, oh, it's like you know, 30 emails I keep. I just, I got it. Yeah. Anyway. It's in October. <laughs> like, I know what it is. I, <laughs> I, all so, right. Well, okay. Well, yeah, it's uh thanks so much. That was good. That was a good interview. So. Yeah, I enjoyed speaking with you. Thank you. This is Acast recommends. Every week we pick one of our favorite shows and this is one we think you're going to love. Hey, lady, it's Terry here and Dr. Dom, and we're the hosts of the Her Space podcast. In a world where black women are often underrepresented and misunderstood, we need more safe spaces to just be. Every Friday, join us as we initiate authentic conversations for black women. Be sure to tune into season four, episode 11, the four levels of friendship and how to spot fake friends and check out Her Space wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcast from the U.S. and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts.